Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, hello, hello. I am your Nora Daza hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. I got the goosebumps. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And can you believe it is the end of MF July? I know, I know, I know, guys. Folks, I know. I've been saying this for like three weeks now. But the summer is flying by. We're still in quarantine. We're still wearing masks. We still can't go into restaurants here in New York City. Where? How is time flying by so fast, I've, as if this is hot girl summer. How is it happening? I don't know, but I have been trying to enjoy it the best I can. I have been cooking the house down boots. I have been trying to get out. And today I am so excited because I have a brand new friend to me, right? And whom I discovered because she is was one of the many beautiful hosts you may have seen at Savor Pride this year, Miss Kate Pelayo. Say hi. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? How are you is the question. Great, great. It's actually finally my off today. So I'm really happy to actually participate in this podcast. I'm so excited. I've been so looking forward to it. Well, I've been chasing you for a minute. So. <laughs> yeah, I have so such a crazy schedule. I don't. Well, sorry no, that's that. that's fine. I'm always the chaser. I may not be the top in the relationship, but I'm always the chaser. <laughs> oh <my God>. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> right? I said not always, but uh, not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Listen, it it has to be an even keel. It's it's a partnership is all I'm going yeah, to have agree, to say. But <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> folks, any of our listeners, uh, Kate is a sous chef at a little restaurant you may have heard of. You know, this like little hole in the wall called Tao, Los Angeles. <laughs> but her journey, I found, is a really, really interesting one. Starting with like a degree in communication arts and then pursuing her culinary degree in the Philippines. Like I said, I found her because she was one of the many beautiful guests of Savor Pride. And as you all know out there, I am on a quest to build a big gay army. But before we get anywhere, Kate, yes. are you ready? Let's do this. Let's do this. I want to wish you. Now, you're lucky. You're lucky because oh today, God. today, July 29th, I want to wish you happy National Lasagna Day. Hey! Oh, my God. One of my favorite process. <laughs> yes, but today is a double day, and don't ask me why. Um, happy National Chicken Wing Day. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I love it, too. <laughs> that's my go-to meal, too. So, I mean, if you had to choose, lasagna or chicken wings? Chicken wings, for sure. For oh. sure. Anytime, with a beer. Uh, sure. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're, we're, we're drinking. It's late night. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Kate is drinking. Hold on. 
Mm. <laughs> as I as she watches me spill it all over myself. Kate is drinking a Heineken, not a sponsor. Thank you very much. Um, and I am having a little bit of delicious pink gin. Have you ever had pink gin? No. I'm, honestly, I'm not a big of a cocktail drinker. I okay. love whiskey. All right. But- Whiskey and Coke is that, that's it. I don't really Sp- like, you know. Spoken like a, like a woman of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> As they say, someone told me that already. I was like, oh, probably. I just want it straight up and then yep. that's it. Beer, just beer and whiskey. That yeah, ca- that that good alcohol, old period. <laughs> that good old kitchen life. Exactly, oh my god! Exactly. No, um, chicken wings that you make or chicken wings. I want to go back. Chicken wings that you make or chicken wings from outside. Of course, I'm the one I make. Of course, but you know the kitchen life is not that easy, and I'm too exhausted most of the time. So to go is the right way to do it all the time. Uh, I'm totally baiting you here because I have a favorite uh, chicken place but uh, do you like fast food chicken like fried chicken oh yeah have you heard about our fast food chain that's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Jollibee. shout out to Jollibee. so there's a jolly i live in times square you may not know this uh oh, Kate, oh, okay. but i live in times square right believe it or not in a in somebody's walk-in closet at this point <laughs> And um, there's a Jollibee that has opened up like a year yeah, ago. That's what I two heard. Years ago. Yeah, two blocks from me. On Fifth Avenue, right? No, on Bra- on Eighth uh, Avenue. Oh, Eighth Avenue. Okay. Okay. D- <laughs> it's delicious. How? Why is it so delicious? Honestly, I grew up. I was born eating that chicken, and I was even betting everyone that that I know since I moved here in the U.S. I was like, I can guarantee you. <laughs> 100%, not even close to KFC or whatever. No. Jollibee's like, no, it's really the bomb chain. It's not because I'm Filipino, not because of that. But I like the taste is different, the crunchiness, the juiciness of the chicken. Oh, my yes. God. Yes, listen, I'm Puerto Rican. We're, we're basically cousins, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the only reason I know about Jollibee, actually, is because my sister-in-law and my brother's mother-in-law, the, uh, he uh, he married oh, into a yeah. Filipino family. And so they, and I was like, what is this chicken? Chicken what joy. <laughs> chicken joy is exactly what they call yeah. it. And they serve it with the most delicious side of gravy that mm-hmm. you dip into. Um, it takes all my strength not Spot to be on. there on a daily basis. They unfortunately have like been shut up since the quarantine. I don't know if they're open again, but I'm not about to check. <laughs> really? They shut out even to go? I think so. I think oh, wow. so. But like I said, I tried to stay away because I'm watching my girlish figure. Okay. <laughs> Even though, you, come on, you you need to spoil yourself sometimes. I do. I do with pink gin. You know. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, as always, Kate. Um, I like to call on the ancestor, our gay ancestors here, mm-hmm. because if we don't learn from the past, how are we going to like live? You know. Uh, well in the future. And did you know on this day in 1978, the Village People's first major hit, disco single Macho Man, begins a six-week run in the nation's top 40, and it will eventually go to gold? Wow. I, wow. What a lucky day for me. I was like, I never thought about it. I like, it's a famous song even back home in the Philippines. It's one of like to-go songs on the bars as well. Especially like, you know, people when already all <laughs> drunk and, you all know. Dr- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy. Really? I never thought of that. Yeah. Game. 1978. That's, awesome. July That's really 29th. good to know. Isn't that That's fun? Awesome. A, l- a little happy fact for this yeah, late, right. like, late July. That. You know, why not? A shout out to the village people. So, wow. um, A, thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy sous chef life. Um, how have things... How have things been since the quarantine and is Tao now doing like to go? Have how have you had to adjust, you know, in this space? Yeah, so the first time that we that, that there was a lockdown, basically everyone got laid off. I I was included with it. And then so we ended up like closing down and then they slowly opened for delivery. And they, the first person that they called is me. Other than my my corporate chef, so we went back and continued the delivery, and then January seventh. I mean, sorry, July June seventeenth. 
we actually opened again for two weeks and then they shut it again. So now we're just doing deliveries and it's been crazy because like, of course, my corporate chef can't focus on just the Tao itself. And I'm the only sous chef available right now in LA. So basically it's just me, one corporate chef and one sushi chef most of the time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's been crazy. But like, wait a minute. Now this may be a stupid question, but because it's like, you know, Tao is very fancy and so on. Do you have like fancy packaging that you put like, is everything really beautifully like shipped to the door (laughs) when you We try to be like, because the thing is like one of the things that people come back and eat in Tao is the experience, the ambiance, you know, and it's sometimes it's hard to send that to the people that they're ordering delivery. I, for myself, I'm not a big fan if I wanted to to eat some like a specific food on a specific restaurant. I wanted to go there. I don't want to be delivered because I wanted to experience the, the ambiance in there, the restaurant itself. So as much as we can, we in the packaging, we made sure that our service is being felt once they hand out the delivery guide to hand out their bag. So we have everything to like, we make sure that everything is complete. Everything that we can offer, the max out that we can offer in the bag, we make sure that everything's in there. So yeah, the labelings and all, we even put stickers in it as like the wow. towel sign. So yeah. Wow, I'm, now I'm sad you're not working in town, New York, so you can like ship some stuff over to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've been creating. We're open. So- town, New York is open, but the outdoors. Yeah, but now that we're friends, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> Trust me, I'll take care of you once you visit LA. <laughs> I can't wait. I've actually never been to LA. I've been all over California, but not LA. Are Ran- you serious? Yeah, you it's so it's so random. Um, but I want to hear a little bit more about your journey. Um how do we go from like communications to culinary arts? Like what, what made you like transition? So when I was in college, I was like, okay, I was in communication arts. I really wanted to be in an advertising business. So I wanted to be like in a production, like something, something media. That's what I really wanted before. But no, actually I took interior designing for two years. And I shifted to communication arts. That's how crazy I was in college. I was like partying. I was young. I was like just, but I, I, that's the thing. I still party, but I made sure I finished my school. You know, typical Filipino family, you have to finish school. But my family is like on the accounting side. And they were like, you have, you have to take accounting. I was like, no, that's not. Where did you grow up? Philippines. In the Philippines. And then where did you go to college? Uh, In the Philippines as well. Oh, okay, great. So just so I I have some perspective for myself and the audience, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when I when I was in my communication arts degree already, like so I, I have friends who took up culinary. And if you're familiar with Chef Frances Tariga, she's one of the, uh, she joined Top Chef. She's in New York. That's why I worked in New York before because she asked me to move there to help her open Megu, if you're familiar oh, with Megu. Wow, a- listen, in your mouth, listeners, this has been a celebrity-filled past, like, two <laughs> months. And, I mean, the celebrity chef over here just, uh, you know, going from fine dining to fine dining. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, you was- don't know, um, if you don't know Megu, Megu here is, like, one of the best restaurants in the city, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a huge impact in my career because after, when I moved here in the U.S., I was, look, I was working in Palm Springs. Hey, Um, so it's a city. (laughs) That's like gay Mecca. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's uh, And then when my friend, which is, she's my college friend, Francis, Chef Francis. And then she was, she lives in New York that, that, that time. And she was like telling me that you should move here in New York, help me out, open up Megu. So that's the time I decided to move in New York. So that time while I was working in Megu as a sous chef, I was, I was able to meet a lot of chefs as well. And going back to actually when I was in communication arts, I just like realized that I was like, after I graduated, I was like working in the office. I did real estate. I did everything that I can do for my, for my degree. But I was like, I wasn't really happy. I wasn't, no, this is not for me. I don't like office job. I can't just sit in the office. I'm no offense to other people. My wife, my wife works in a bank. So, you know, but like my, my thing is like, I wanted something moving. I want something to like, you know, 
that that actually makes me fulfilled. That's how that's yeah. how, how I want it. And it then, sounds like there was a creative itch that you needed to yes, like, scratch. Exactly. And so I feel like and you like you found it via mm -hmm. via the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. And then because my brother took a culinary school too. So he's a chef as well. So that time I was being like exposed with food as well. So I was like, okay. Well, I and growing like, up in a Filipino household, <laughs> I it's know food twenty four seven. Exactly. There That's, is it's so funny because no lack of food. Honestly, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to kitchen. I'm not really a good cook before. I know how to cook, but not like cook cook. You know what I mean? But I love to eat. My vice, even back home or even like right now, my vice is try different restaurants. I don't care. I mean, of course, I care about money, but at the same time. I like trying different restaurants. I don't know why. It's my guilty pleasure. That's yeah. one. I I can completely agree with that. Absolutely. I grew up in a Puerto Rican household, and there's uh, much like a, I would imagine in Filipino households, is that like there's like your staple dishes, your staple rice, your staple uh, empanadas, your staple meats, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, the lechon, ours is pernil, right? Um, yes. So on and so forth. These staple dishes, and once. I started working in restaurants, front of house, you know, uh, managing events, and I got the taste of different things and different things um, like mushrooms. We never had mushrooms growing up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I got, um, I myself got like a curiosity sparked in me to start to learn to cook. I'd see I'd see a chef, uh, Kamal Rose. Oh my God, shout out to you. Um, a, a, fa a fabulous chef here in the city. Um, make a dish back there. And I was like, how'd you do that? He goes, oh, I just did this and this. And I would try to go home and recreate it. And my mother would always be like, where did you learn to eat like this? Where I didn't teach you how to eat like this. And I go, well, there's a bigger... Like this food is delicious and I love mm -hmm. this food, but there's more out there. I agree. I agree. Even my mom was like, when I finished my culinary and I decided to move here and I got the job and, you know, and she sees that how I was, how I was doing actually good with my career. And then she was able to actually try Tao. She, I was able to like show her my work and all that. And she was like even saying, and then she watched my video for, for the New York Pride. And I, she was like, wow, I never thought she was like, I never thought that you reached this amount of knowledge already when it comes to food. She was even at, like, she was surprised because I was like, I wasn't the kind of person when I was growing up, like running in the kitchen and I'm going to ask her, what are you doing? I'm not, no, not at all. I, I, I mean, I'm the tomboyish already that I was like outside playing with the boys, you know, like that's how I do it. I was like, pretty just an outsider I, yeah. I love like go like just be out so she was even surprised that my palate like was like expanded to the different level and she, when I when she went here I was like trying to like and when I went home actually last year I was like I cooked something for her and she was like I never thought you could actually do this like even my mom was like surprised as well too does she like to eat? That's beautiful, A. And B, does she like to eat a lot of different things? Or is she a woman of like, I I only... Oh, I only... trust me. This is one thing that you have to know about my family. It's so weird that my family, don't, like my aunts, my uncles, my parents, and not my, my dad, but my on my mom's side, which is I grew up with, they don't have vices. They don't smoke. They don't drink. All we do is eat. That's what we do. When we go reunions, we lunchtime, we're going to sit in the dining and there's no standing up till dinner. Yeah. That's how we do it. <laughs> That's it. Well, listen, the Filipinos are known to be party people, honey. Always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> much, much like the Puerto Rican. They are, they are good time people. Always. If you, if you got a karaoke, that will be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right? Speaking of family, you mentioned you had a wife. How long have you been married? I've been married for like two years. For just me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, lovely. Yeah. That's you lovely. Know. I mean, two years in gay years are like forever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, lesbians, yeah. But the thing is, you know, lesbians, if you meet someone today, the next day they're you hold already. So uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> In your mouth, listeners, I did not make a lesbian U-Haul joke. I just wanted to be known. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I can't deny it. Like, it's it was it was like a connection that was strong, and within. I met her in Dinah. So you met her in where? Dinah Shore. If oh. you're familiar with Dinah Shore, yes. It's basically, yeah. So it's like, so it's not something that you're gonna expect a person to meet like that's gonna be your wife. It was a party for all lesbians, thousands of lesbians. <laughs> Well, can That's you explain great. to the In Your Mouth listeners what Dinah Shore is from your perspective? Okay, Dinah Shore is basically a yearly event for lesbians in Palm Springs. It's held five days, um, different day, different parties, and at least 20,000 lesbians will be there from yep. all over the world. That's so it amazing. was amazing. It was a blast. It was crazy. It was, it, it was one of the best parties I've been. That's beautiful. Um. I always say on the podcast, and my listeners know that I am here to highlight um, LGBTQ people and their allies in the culinary realm. But really, this is our space um, to tell our stories, because I always say that uh, not only does representation matter, but our stories matter, because we never know who's listening, right? Mm -hmm. And as a beautiful, uh, you know, lesbian Filipino woman, right? Um, your story is important and I'm curious and and if if someone out there is listening to this that really resonates with your story you know we don't we never know who we can help you know yeah, through because we're tangible people we're not we're not the Kim Kardashians of the world <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. no nor do we nor may we not want to be who knows but you know what I mean there and I was I was curious to know um, what you're coming out like, and if you would share that story with us. Of course, like, um, I don't really have like a really, really coming out story. Because as we all know, if you guys are aware, like being a Filipino, it's Philippines is like 80% Catholic. I was born and raised as Catholic, and I'm very proud to be a Catholic. So I mean, but the thing is, the the norm that they were saying about being Catholic is like if you're gay, it's a sin. That the culture of being Filipino comes in. So this is what I always explain to people when they ask me. So how are they accepting you in the in your country? And I was like, that's the thing about Filipinos. Yeah, we are very religious people, but it doesn't mean that we rather hate people. We Filipinos in general, what I I know by heart is even if it's it's not something that we grew up believing, and it's they say it's against the Bible or whatever they say. Filipinos by nature they will still choose to be kind. So, my mom when when I know for a fact that I was gay, she put me in an all exclusive all girls school. So it's like that, uh, <laughs> that, that time I, I, I was in a co-ed when I was in grade school. Wait, does, then, that, does that uh, mean that my mother knew I was gay because she put me in an all-boys school here in, in New York? <laughs> Probably. Well, that's a sign of support, which we don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to accept that. I'm right? going to accept that. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, like if you come to look back in your life, I was like thinking before because I was in a COVID in grade school, and then when I when I went to high school, my my mom transferred me in an all girls school, and at first I was freaking out like, what the hell is this? Like, what? Why? Like, but I know in my heart, I was attracted with women already. I know that, but on my first year, on my freshman, I was denying. There's some girls who wanted to like, you know, hit it up with me. But I was like, no, I'm straight. I'm really straight. But in my head, I was like, in my head, I know, I know I'm gay. But I was still freaking out that time. So, but eventually, yeah, eventually I gave in, of course, as you can see, I'm very gay. But like, I, me and my mom never talked about it. That's the thing. You will see it, how the culture comes in that my mom, we never talk about it. She just respect how my life is. She wants me to be happy. She always says that. I just want you to be happy. Do whatever you want. Take what, what course you want. I'm not going to pressure you or anything. I just want you to be happy. That, that's, she always says that to me. 
So I was like, okay. And then my ex came in. So my ex was like, it was a really bad breakup. It was bad. It was too much drama. It's too much lesbian drama. So anyway, so she was asking when we broke up, she said, well, how come I don't see her anymore? And then my, my, I told my mom, just blurted out, well, she cheated on me. That's it. And that's basically it. That's coming out. That's confirmation from her to, from me to her that, okay, I'm gay. And that's it. And then after that, she's very like, okay, flag everywhere. She's fine with it already. And she's very close to my wife. And I love that. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I love that you reference Catholicism because I grew up very Catholic as well. I went mm-hmm. to an all boy Jesuit school here in New York city. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you often hear, and you said this yourself, that like, oh, being gay is against the Bible and so on and so forth. But none of that is true. Like, I agree. N- yeah, none of that is true. And so I love the message that you have relayed uh, that the Filipino people would rather be kind and accept, right? Because that's what exactly. that if we're if we're going to be religious about it, let's be religious about it. Because that's what that's what that Bible teaches. I agree. I completely agree. 100%. So, yeah. so the Filipinos are being the best, the best, by your words, are being the best Catholics they can be by treating you kind because you have done nothing wrong, right? You're not hurting anybody. You are living your life and they accept you and they're just, they just want to be kind to you and, and show love. So yeah, I exactly. love, I love every last minute of that. I was like even surprised some of my the people who asked me like is there any gay people in the Philippines I'm like hell yeah I'm like there's a lot of celebrity gay celebrity gay people like crazy like you have no idea how accepting Filipinos are when it comes to gay you know they you don't it's just that you don't discuss religious and religion anymore because okay you just respect cuz those gay guys as well that the celebrities the famous lesbian or gay in the Philippines they're very religious too they go to church but like it doesn't really matter for us. It doesn't really matter as long as you respect each other. You're done. You're okay. You're good. Yeah. You're happy. It, you're happy. Then they're good. Yeah, and as long as you can eat with the rest of us, as long as you can exactly. chow down, <laughs> yeah. we're breathing the same air. Come on. I I love that. I love every last minute of that. And before yeah. we get any deeper, because. I I just want you all to like stew in that for a little bit. I'm going to take Kate to my favorite part and y'all's favorite part of the Uh-oh. podcast. Are you ready, Kate? Oh, okay. Here we ready. go for a little bit of food news update. Food news. What is it? Let's do it. Food news. Oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. The iconic Swedish meatballs at IKEA are getting a vegan makeover. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people who loves it. I wasn't the one. I but wait a minute. One. Wait. So this is the vegan version of <laughs> IKEA's iconic Swedish meatballs, who allegedly had horse meat in them at one point. If we don't remember that story from a million years ago, right? I never heard about the, it. They were about they it. were delicious then with the horse meat. Not that I'm here for killing the horses, but <laughs> wow. now now there's a big vegan trend happening. Um, yeah. All the stars are vegan, right? From Lizzo to Mark Wahlberg to one of the Khloe Kardashian, I think, yeah. just went vegan again, and now. Ikea is getting back, um, is jumping on board um, and will release the new plant ball. Each ball is made from a plant-based meat substitute, which includes apple, oats, onion, potatoes, and yellow pea protein. So Mm. while the plant balls are supposed to look and taste like meat, they will have a different climate footprint of only 4% of the real thing. Look at that. That's incredible. They That's will, amazing. Uh, yeah, they'll be served exactly like the iconic meatball um, with lingonberries, mashed potatoes, and vegetables. Wow. Who would have thought? Like, it's amazing how food has evolved. I'm like in awe. Before, like, I, I'm obviously I'm Filipino, very proud of it, and I like my meat. As I always tell my friends, 
Don't get me wrong. I'm still gay, but I like my meat. Listen, oh. I'm still gay and I really <laughs> like my meat, girl. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I'm like, you know, like, but this, the thing is like, I will, I don't think I can ever be vegan or even vegetarian, to be honest. I'm, I, I, I love me too much. Like, I, I can't, I just can't. But it's just amazed me and it challenges me as a chef that how can I actually satisfy the vegan guests? That's how I always look at it. Like how, what else can I do to actually make something that is not processed? That's one thing. Because I know for a fact that some of the vegan food that we have right now, it's still processed. So it's, I'm not a big fan of processed food. So it's not something that, yeah, you're going to say it's healthy, but it's not because it's processed. So I wanted something that really gives emphasis, okay, this is vegan food. You know what I mean? Yeah, so of course. It's it's hard to do it as a chef that who loves me, but I'm taking that challenge to be honest. Every day I always do something like you know, if I have downtime in the kitchen, I always think of something to do, and then my my my, my cooks are like, "What are you doing, chef?" I was like, "Just you know, I'm just doing something." In my head, it's always like working, and then I just gotta yeah. do what I gotta do. I wanted to make a difference, you know. I mean, that's what I want to do yeah, when it comes and- to food. And when it comes to veganism now, and I'm really eating my words every week, uh, every week since I said um, that vegan veganism is so hard and veganism is difficult and yeah. veganism is so expensive, literally, Kate, every week, because I said this like four weeks ago now <laughs> on the pod, and now I'm just eating my words because every week it seems to be becoming easier and easier to be a vegan. Right. But the issue is, is, and it's what you said right here, is that we have to find the difference from what is processed, right, and full of chemicals, and what is actually going to be good and healthy if we're going to go that route, you know, because because there are vegans out there that eat french fries and, you know, (laughs) it's potato, like, (laughs) and and bread all the time. And, and it's not like, you know, there has to be a balance there too. So um, are we here for these Ikea plant balls? I think I would try, I'd give them a try. Why yeah, not? I would love to try it. Like I, I would, yeah. like, I always try food. I'm not afraid of trying yeah. different food. So I'm up for it. And I love Ikea. I always go there for anything that I need, to be honest. When it comes to furniture, if you only see my apartment, it's like, Ikea, Ikea. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we can. You know what? We're here for this. And if you want, you can go out and buy a, a frozen bag for five ninety nine. Look at oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah, that's not so bad. Bar installs electric fence after customers fail to socially distance. Could you imagine? What would you do if you walked into a bar and there's an electric fence there? Can I say, say profan- profanity here? Like, yeah, like why? This is... <laughs> Wait, what, what the fuck? I've seen that. I think I've seen that in the news. Yeah. So apparently this happened. Hold on a second. Um, so uh, pubs in England, North Ireland, and Scotland were allowed to reopen for the first time not that long ago. And social distance guidelines have actually been cut from six feet to a, like, a vagueish one meter plus, according to munchies.vice.com here. But uh, um, drunk people just won't do that. Apparently, especially uh, English drunk people, because on um, the first night, uh, John After, the chairman of the police federation said uh, that he had to deal with naked men, happy drunks, angry drunks, fights, and more angry drunks. So a bunch of these bars had to close because of the spread of COVID. But there's a manager at a pub in Cornwall in the southwestern in southwestern England that put up an electric fence to keep wow. people from social distancing. I've I've seen that in the news actually. No, actually not in the news. Like I was like scanning on Facebook and I've read an article about it. Honestly, like, is it? That's the thing about like, are we really that hard to discipline in general? Like, is it hard to just follow the rules? Just like wearing well, a mask. Well, when like, you're wasted, I I think so. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, that's very true. You you had a really good reason about it. But the thing is, like, if you really care about yourself, 
and for the people who loves you, the people around you, you just, by nature, you're just going to do what you got to do. Exactly. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Well, he's, uh, McFadden told the Cornwall Live, before the fence, people were not following social distancing and they were doing as they pleased. But now people take heed to the guidance around social distancing. It's for everybody's benefit. Um, he actually compared the people. He goes, people keep away from it uh, like people are sheep. You know, they know it's a fence and they don't want to touch it to find out whether it's on or not. Wow. So That's, I find that very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Like It's like, wow. Well, people make and, stuff. Yeah, and he's been able to stay open because other bars have had to shut down because people weren't social distancing. That's actually a smart move, too. Like, so, okay, you want a drink? You want your alcohol? Come and get it, but follow the rules. Period. Follow the rules or you're going to get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree, I agree. <laughs> I think there's some people in my life I'd like to throw against the... Le- <laughs> Same here. <laughs> well, um, shout out to you. Um, what is this? Greg Martin, right? What? I Oh, yes. It's the Star Inn. Shout out to you, Johnny McFadden, who runs the Star Inn. We, me and Kate, are here for this. Trader Joe's says it will change its racist product name. I never really thought about it, but yeah. Have you heard about this? What is that? So um, Trader Joe's, so about two weeks ago, uh, there was an online petition launched calling for Trader Joe's to remove racist branding and packaging. Um, This is from grubstreet.com. And the grocery chain says it's in the process of changing the names of its international food lines, right? It's been in this years long process of repacking for products like Trader Ming's and Arabian Joe's, and it says it's soon going to be completed. Um, This is from a Trader Joe's spokesperson. The petition was actually started by a San Francisco high school student, Brionis Fidel, who criticized the inspiration for the store's theme and as being rooted in racist tropes and stereotypes. So, um, yeah, Fidel put the petition in the context of the current moment, acknowledging existential issues like police brutality and saying that the time is right to question microaggressions like Trader Joe's branding. So a list of Trader Joe's food product lines are Arabian Joe, Baker Yosef, Yosef's Brow, Pilgrim Joe's, Joe's, Trader Giotto's, Trader Jocks, Trader Joe-san, Trader Jose's, and Trader Ming's. Wow, that's I hmm. honestly like it's it's so tough to actually like react. like how do you say it? like it's there's some things that I I completely agree on like that it's so how do you base the food like just by their nationality I know like of course like the the ones the first thing that come up with that I heard that you said is like Arabian jokes I'm like. Hmm, it's kind of like a little racist, but if if you're not like you know, if you're just gonna think about it, it's it's basically just telling you that if you if you're an Arabian, you're gonna like it at this, like with the American flair of the food. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's that um, Trader Joe's. Uh, Trader Joe's spokesperson says in a statement that while the name the naming system was conceived as a lighthearted attempt at inclusiveness, we recognize that it may now have the opposite effect. So with that statement there, yeah, I can see what they were doing, that they wanted to be inclusive. Like, this is our Asian food section. This is our Middle Eastern food Mm -hmm. section. But now looking back on it, because I had never thought about it before, um, a really good girlfriend of mine uh, loves the Trader Ming's line Uh of food, and she always has that Uh in her freezer. And recently, I've like, heard her mention it. I was like, uh, is this like, I, I actually don't think this is right. Like this is like, you know, there's something yeah. not okay about this. Actually. I agree. Like, the, the, I mean, that's the thing. Like it's so it's, there's a very thin line when it comes to those kind of stuff. Cause like before I, if, if, if just to let you know, like I lived in Dubai before for a year 
I worked in Dubai before. So I was like, there's a certain, their groceries, they have a certain part of the grocery that it just says not for Muslim. Wow. Yeah. So literally just a section that it says not for Muslims. I completely agree on that. Like it's not, for me, it's not offensive. It's not totally offensive because like that part is that has pork or whatever, but it's good. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I totally get that. But like, there's a thin line when it comes to distinguishing your culture when it comes to certain things like food, like what were they talking about right now? Exactly. So, you know, and, like, go ahead, go ahead. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And why, and why, why did it, for it to be inclusive of that culture, why did it have to be uh, Trader Ming? Why couldn't it just be like, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, straight it, to the point. Yeah, straight to the point. Like, yeah. uh, uh, like uh, you know, just Asian dump, like fried dumplings, like wok, wok seared shrimp from Trader Joe's, or yeah. or whatever it is. We we get that it's an Asian style food that you are producing. I you know? yeah, 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 I completely yeah. like. They they have a point in there. Like some people, they take it really, really like offensive, and I completely respect that. I like. Me personally, like as a Filipino, as a nation, as a minority, part of the minority, I feel like there's a sensitive side when it comes to those kind of stuff. Me personally, I'm not super offended about it because probably like, you know, it's just as I like because of my background, probably because of communication arts and advertising as well. So I know for a fact that just doing it for business, nothing personal. It's not something that they wanted to be offensive. They just wanted to relate with people. That's one thing that probably their target, which we don't know. But like, I completely respect as well when people are feeling offended when it comes to their culture and they're giving them a different perspective and a different meaning. Basically, those names are double meaning. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I, I, I'm happy that Trader Joe's is listening to the people because I think, I agree. I think Trader, Trader, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's was always started like you know, grassroots and like was always like a small shop before it turned into this big thing that it is. So, and it's providing affordable things and they do a lot of good things. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, um, this isn't just the spin that they're putting on it and they were really meant to be inclusive. And now they're like, okay, this doesn't work anymore for us. Let's get rid of it and let's just call it what it is, you know, yeah. bada bing, bada boom. So good on you, Trader Joe's. Hopefully you're doing the right thing out there. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to end food news update. <laughs> In your mouth, listeners, I just want you to know that Kate told me right before we started that she's very shy. I I think Kate has been killing it here. And <laughs> And I feel like that food news update really, really just fed your soul right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm very like, that's the thing. You like Once you get to know me, I'm very passionate when it comes to food and what I actually believe in. And I'm, but I'm very sensitive too when on other people's feelings and opinions. So I try to like be on the level side of the things. But when it comes to my sexuality to my food to my passion i'm kind of like oh, are we combining food and sex all of a sudden oh yeah oh. why not <laughs> why not right <laughs> why not why not this is the thing it will show you like me personally when it comes to food it will show how i am you will see yeah. it how i am like it's like there's some like i've worked with some chefs like okay the taste is good the, the salt is uh, spot on but they don't agree on how I take it. Because me personally, yeah, the, the taste is good. I'm not complaining about the taste, but I am i don't know why. My palate is always looking for texture. So, some, you know, there's things that you don't agree. There are things that you actually agree on, but it's not something that you have to, like, discuss but you just have to work on each other work on it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what you, what is your favorite thing to cook these days like you know we were in lockdown right what was that like what's your one like go-to comfort food 
My go-to food is, of course, it's a Filipino food. Like right now, I'm actually cooking beef pochero. If you're familiar with beef pochero, it's a Filipino version of pochero. There's Spanish pocheros. I know for a fact that there's chorizo and all that. And all that. But our Filipino version is basically has pork and beans. Okay. So you basically mash the pork and beans. That makes it thicker, the sauce. So it's beef with uh, cabbage, carrots, potatoes, Tomatoes. Oh, it sounds so delicious. Yeah, it, it sounds so delicious. The <laughs> first time I had my brother's mother-in-law's garlic rice, oh. I was like, now my mother, my mother personally has made the best rice I have ever had in my uh-huh. life. There is no other rice like my mom's rice. But my brother's mother-in-law's garlic rice, I was like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, our rice is like, because the thing is like, what I've noticed is like, different cultures, they have their own version of rice, right? But the Filipino, they're already happy with steamed rice. Uh-huh. And then that's the time that our main entree comes in, that gives full flavor in our rice. And then, of course, rice is life in Filipinos. So we eat it for breakfast, lunch, yeah. snack, whatever. Rice is life for me. So... That garlic rice is a staple in the in the Philippines. You have. Yeah, to- I, I may I may have to have like a one on one tutorial on how to make it. Oh right? yeah, sure. I would right. love because because I'm already a bad Puerto Rican. I use a I use a rice cooker because I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. Same you know? here. Trust me, I have a rice cooker and. It's a little rice cooker that, yeah, they, I got as a gift. I throw it in. I set it and forget it. But I, I'm so extra with the rice cooker, though. I am. I throw, like, stock instead of water. I'm throwing oh, garlic okay. cloves in there. Sometimes I throw a little saffron in there. Yeah, so by yeah. the time the rice cooker is done. It's flavorful. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's one thing, too. Like, we have, by, by culture-wise, by Filipino food, we really don't put anything in our rice. We just steam rice. So the only time that we actually flavored our rice is for breakfast, which is the garlic rice. And then on lunch, breakfast, lunch or dinner, we usually have an entree. Have to have an entree. We can't eat just rice. But rice is life for us. You know what I, I mean? Love that. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. The other thing my mother, uh, my brother's mother-in-law makes um, empanadas i grew up eating empanadas but her empanadas have these raisins in them and they come uh-huh. out orange uh-huh. i'm telling you one christmas my best friend michael and i we ate about six before we got <laughs> to like christmas dinner we were so like sick but so full and happy yeah it's a, uh, there's two there's actually two different empanadas filipino empanadas one one is like made of dough they're both made on dough, but the thing is one is fried and one is baked. If you're familiar with bread ribbon, as far as I know, there's red ribbon in Queens. Red ribbon? Yeah, it's a Filipino bake shop. Oh, no, I don't know this. Yes, that's what they, you have to go and, go and try it. It's, uh, it calls red ribbon. And then they have empanadas. I love it. That's one of the empanadas that I grew up eating. And then the second kind of empanadas that we have is actually has like, a, we call it longanisa. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you're familiar with longanisa, in longanisa Philippines is like a sausage, right? But it, it, there's different kinds of longanisas that we have back home. But this empanada that we usually have for the longanisa is basically from Vigan, one of this, the provinces in the Philippines, and it has more on the garlicky side. Oh. And then you make it with... Uh, with shredded ca- uh, with shredded cabbage or whatever, and then you dip it in uh, vinegar, spicy oh. vinegar. Yep. Oh my god! I just yeah. ate dinner too, and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's if if you try to go to the Philippines, you're gonna be surprised how like diverse our food because we were like colonized by the Spanish for like 300 years, and then Americans, Japanese, we were like everywhere. So the food influence is like crazy, crazy, like crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. I Before we went into quarantine, I was asked, I live in like the, I live in Times Square, but on the border of uh, the neighborhood Hell's Kitchen here 
in oh, okay. um, and there's uh, like about a million Thai restaurants. Mm -hmm. And someone, a news channel had reached out to me. Uh, they were uh, a news channel had reached out to me and said to me, "Hey, uh, we're doing this piece on all these Thai restaurants in the neighborhood, and we think you would add some good like color to the piece. Mm -hmm. Would you do this?" And I was like, "Well." I'm no expert on Thai food, but yeah, like, let's go. And so yeah. I did all this research about why there's so many Thai restaurants in the uh, neighborhood and the influence on the food. And much like the Philippines, you know, the peppers came from the Americas and like the spice, the curries came from India yeah. and like the Persians brought, I think the Persians from the Americas brought over the peppers and whatnot. And so it was like this melting pot they were getting the best of the best from exactly. everywhere uh -huh. and then using it, right? But theirs was more a trade thing as opposed to like invasions and occupations and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, you know, like in, even in the Philippines, like you, you have, you know, if you're familiar with uh, Tom Yam, the mm -hmm. Vietnamese soup, right? So we have a certain, like we call it sinigang. It's a sour soup too but a different thing. So like you will see like in different, every, every dish, I feel like in anywhere in the world, there's always a take on different country as well. Yeah, They will say, okay, curry is from India, but I know for a fact that there's like certain things that actually influence that. It's one way. It's just one, we're just in one earth sharing yeah. different food and then boils down to one different dish you know yeah I mean? sharing different salivas sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the look oh my god this has, been, this, has been, this has been so great before we close out i'm curious to get your opinion on as someone who's like just in in the throes of like fine dining and like in the heart of of the culinary world here what where do you see us going in this after this is all over, if it's ever over? Where, what do you think the new normal is going to be? And how is that like going to affect you and your profession? Um, honestly, I was just talking to my uh, sushi corporate chef and I was like even telling him like, it's been, I, we know for a fact that this will last probably first quarter of next year. I'm not even going to be surprised. And we're all worried about, it's not about the money as well. Me personally, it's not just the money. I'm like, I can't stay home. I can't. That's why I, I, I took culinary. That's why I'm working in the kitchen because I need to move. I need to do something. You know, I need to share my my talent. I need to share my passion. I need, I like, I love the adrenaline. I love the drive. So right now, honestly, it's like, I know I've been busy, but at the same time, I'm like, what am I going to, what, what is, what is next for me? I am in that position already that what is next for me to do now? Because being, having like, there's no guarantee that we're going to open again. The numbers are not getting low. So we were like, okay, it's still business. We still need to, to operate and all. But at the same time, we were like, it's, it's yeah. going to be tough for sure. It's going to be really how, tough. How do restaurants, especially restaurants like yours, survive? How, how are they going to do it? You know? Honestly, like if you're going to ask me, we're really like losing money, honestly. I'm yeah, not, every, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. The, the hospitality industry is, uh, makes up is the, uh, one of the largest percentages of the unemployed of those on the unemployment line and the restaurant business is hurting the most. I have talked to, about that ad nauseum here um, mm -hmm. since this whole quarantine began, but it's like, all right, if we make it through, right? When we make it through, let's be hopeful. Let's be hopeful and happy. Of course, positive. Right? We need to positive. When we make it through, when we make it through and there's a new normal set up, like what does that look like, especially in fine dining? Because fine dining, the prettier the plate, the more hands that have touched it. Let's be honest here. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's, uh, that's an old Julia Child um, yeah. quote. So it's, it's like, well, now, now are we, 
now are we going back to basics do you think where it's it's less about it's less about aesthetic and more just really about the cooking right or or are we going to strive to hold on to the aesthetic you know it's it's interesting to think about what yeah what what i've seen and what i feel that the company, our company, the Tao is actually doing is still giving the best, the best food that we can offer to the people who actually patronize us for all these years. And we're, we're just keeping the, the, the fire alive. We just have to do it. Cause like, let's all face it. Like, I know it's going to be a hard, like it's been tough, like money wise, financially, everyone's like having a hard time with that. But we have this belief, we, we believe that people are actually like, by nature, even if we, any cultural, wherever you are, even if you're having a hard time in life, you still crave for something that you think you deserve. That's what I, that's what I believe in. So yeah. even if I'm like short, I know I, people need to be smart with money and all, but at the same time, if I work hard on my money, we take and we know for a fact that you want to eat in our restaurant. We will still give you exactly the same thing that you've been craving for. That's our that's our goal. That's what we wanted. We wanted to take care of our patients. Period. We wanted them to to be satisfied. Unfortunately, we can't give them the whole service, the whole shebang that we can offer. The usual offer that we usually give. But I mean, we gotta do what we gotta do. We just need to extend our hands. Now that actually Tao is very grateful about, you know, helping people as well. We have Tao Cares that, you know, and it's amazing. But at the same time, I know, you know, it's, it, we, I don't think we're going to stand up in a regular basis anytime soon. But we're very hopeful. We're very hopeful. And we're very trying to, like, we're really trying to follow the laws just to, like, accommodate people as well. And as well to lessen the numbers of, like, being positive with COVID, it's, 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 you know. Well, I'm, I'm very hopeful for you that we can, you can be back in the kitchen doing what you love, you know, Um, and, and just, you know, getting back, getting back to doing what you love and getting back to work, you know, it's affected, it's affected all of us. And this has been a really, really interesting time, but the the joyous thing that has come out for me during this time at least is discovering and meeting people like you and uh, other people and having having the opportunity not only to hear your stories but to share your stories i completely agree on you like i was like i was even i was even like talking to my wife and i was like you know what i can't feel i can't let myself to be affected with what's happening around me I just need to be more positive. I have people, as I've said, if you've watched my video in New York, for New York Pride, I was like, they asked me, what is pride for me? And as we all know, the kitchen life is very tough, especially with a, like me, I'm a minority, I'm a woman, I'm a lesbian, I'm like, I'm all in that Asian, and you know. So, but the thing is like, but the thing is like, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do and you have to like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not alone. That helps me a lot. Knowing that you, like you, who actually want to hear my story, it was a, a blessing, a blessing. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I love that. I love everything about that. Are those Savor Pride videos still available to watch if you wanted to go back and watch? Do we know about yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's on their um, YouTube ch- channel. It's uh, God's Love We deliver yeah god's love we deliver all right i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can find those and link yours out too um thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and laughing with me and you know um yeah my big gay podcast loves you and i love you now too because of of just meeting you and hearing your story and just laughing with you this has been really really awesome if people want to find you uh tell them tell them the instagram the website wherever they know that they can go to Tao Los Angeles, you know, to find yeah, you when, I mean, just when like, it's open. Hit me up. Like I'm, uh, my, my Instagram is Chef Kate Pelayo, straight up. There's no really, I'm teasing. Okay. 
Great. And I'll link that out too. I will link that out too. This has been such a joyous day um, and such a great way to end July. Um, just hearing your story and just laughing with you. Like I said, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship, I think. And trust and believe that you you will be one of the generals of my for sure. Uh, Count me uh, in. of my big gay culinary <laughs> army that I am I am building. Okay. I can't wait. I can wait. Just hit me up anytime. I'll be here. It's it's going to happen. I believe it. Out there. Um Happy end of July. Here we go into August. Hopefully you're staying cool, staying safe, obviously wearing a mask and washing your hands. Um, and as always, uh, take care of yourselves and thank you for listening to In Yo Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.